TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Welcome into Sabres Live. We are at Niagara Falls Country Club. It's the Sabres alumni event on this day after a weekend, Marty Baran, that that saw an awful lot of alumni come back to pay their respects, to remember RJ, the man behind the mic, which was uh, late Sunday afternoon for us and uh, and for Sabre fans across the world, quite frankly, to uh, be able to view it on live stream along with those in attendance and... uh, the story's still very much uh, rever- reverberating from the event at Key Bank Center. Yeah, it was uh, what a what an, an event, um, emotional event. And and first of all, Duffer, you did a fantastic no. job because I know how like I don't want to say scary as a word because RJ used it in scary good and it was positive. But sometimes you get to the podium and it's a it's a big moment and it's it's emotional and you. Uh, Right from your first, uh, um, who's your artist you quoted? Rustin Kelly. Rustin Kelly, which was fantastic because I know you well, and I know that that was uh, something that obviously is near and dear to your heart, music and all of that, but that was was perfect. Um, So you set the tone because the rest of the evening was absolutely wonderful. The stories made people laugh, Mm -hmm. uh, which is exactly what we wanted to, remembering RJ, but in how great of a career, how great of a life he had, the personal side, the, 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 the professional side. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, definitely one that uh, everybody that was on hand, everybody that got to sit, even if you just got a, clip, uh, a glimpse of it on mm-hmm. social media, um, it was uh, from start to finish wonderful. Well, like RJ's calls and career, it lives on forever now on YouTube yes. and uh, archived on Facebook. And honestly, it, it the hard part was actually getting to the podium for me. Um, you know, ironically, that I don't particularly love public speaking. <laughs> and uh, let's just say almost the entirety of my body was not feeling particularly good about how, you know, I was going to execute this with the weight of it being RJ. That's yep. the thing. Like, we live in this dream world where, like, I never call what we do work. It's merely something that consumes a lot of my life, Mm -hmm. but it's not work. And so to have the emotional attachment that we all do to RJ, I don't know. It was just, uh, (laughs) it was hard to put into words why I was feeling that way. Um, But I was grateful that uh, very quickly, you know, 
I thought when Kevin Adams yeah. took the stage and then had Terry join him with that message, um, I thought that was really a perfect way to, to get things going. There was a lot of, it was just very, very, very real. Um, and that's exactly what people needed it, in when, that time. When I saw Kevin walk on stage and he was carrying a, a, like headphones mm -hmm. and his phone, and, and I thought, and he talked about it, how he used to go to bed and then his mom would check on him and right. say, why are you not sleeping? He goes, how can you fall asleep to Rick Generat? Like, yeah. I'm watching the game here. Yeah. I yeah. can't fall asleep. Yeah. But a lot of the stories that we've heard now are from people with a radio in their bedroom or whatnot. And Kevin is from the same generation I am, which we had the Walkman, right? Mm -hmm. Remember the yellow Sony Walkman? Waterproof. And waterproof <laughs> and the latch on the side for the tape. And so when Kevin walked on, I thought that maybe he was going to share a story about how he used to listen to the games on his Walkman because it looked like he was walking up with a Walkman. It wasn't like that, but it was close to it. But what Kevin shared was a personal side, and I think that's why, like, him as the general manager and what the Sabres have done of late and Don Granado talking about how RJ was a mentor to the players, mm -hmm. that we needed the players on the team to know the history of the Sabres, to know and through RJ, because he had been there from year two, mm -hmm. uh, but as I've seen everybody come through the locker room, um, it was important to have RJ around as a mentor, and the players got that. The, the Alex Tuck and the uh, Caloposo and the Tage Thompson and Rasmus Dallin, they all got that. But it, Kevin put it on the personal side of it too, because mm -hmm. he grew up here, and he has listened and earned RJ. It, it, he said, you know, he was born in 74, I think he said, or 72, 74, Kevin was. Yeah. And he said, you know, the 80s, what is the 80s? Well, right, yeah. And, I mean, think of the players that came through the 80s and mm -hmm. early 90s. Like, yeah. that is vintage RJ right there. Yeah, it really was. I, <laughs> I'll i tell you, I was grateful for everybody being there, but it was really nice to sit next to Rip oh. as we had that panel. First yes. of all, Rip had, like, this little mock turtleneck yeah. so you know it was hard not to think of rj in that moment and and even when we celebrated rj with his banner raising night like one of my favorite uh sites amidst alumni on the ice was rip because he had that beautiful white satin jacket starter vintage, jacket that type vintage of, yeah. oh it was so good so his storytelling was was amazing um i you know I put everybody on the spot with a, a one-word question, you know, one, and I thought everybody delivered uh, differently and perfectly and poignantly. For the RJ. word beer came up a lot. The word the thing, beer, but it was, was not, not a one-word. One word. It was not a one-word, but oh, I, there were that, many beers. Oh, there was a lot of beers stories, and and even some people said, "Man, we should have brought a case of beer on on stage at some point." But. Um, the story that Rip Simonic told about RJ, and it was a great question by you, like, RJ, did he ever ride in the equipment truck? And, and that, like, led Rip to that story about how they had a three-hour ride and, and RJ grabbed, you know, 18 beers and then had to get 12 more. And, and he had the biggest bladder that anybody's ever known because it was, it was well delivered by Rip. Yeah. We've had Rip on the broadcast a few times and mm – -hmm. um, he knows the players and the coaches and people like RJ or us, for that matter, inside and out. Like, mm -hmm. he's been around that long. So he was so comfortable on there. Lindy uh, was great what also. A, what a reception for him. Yeah. 
Yeah, great reception for Lindy Ruff. Um, and I, at one point, Lindy was telling stories, and I look over, to, I was sitting next to Mike Weber, right? I look over to Webby, and I said, he must have been just a pain in the neck to play with, <laughs> like as your teammate, because yeah. our sarcastic and how yeah. deviant he is. Yeah. Like, he, like, but, you know, RJ had that same mind mm-hmm. to a certain extent, so it was great to hear all those stories. And it's funny how we're always reluctant to heap praise on this guy. Yeah. Because now we're going to have to hear about it all year. But Razor executing, you know, the words from the family in the form of that statement, um, I thought he was terrific. I thought Razor was fantastic. He not only delivered the statement from the family with emotions, and he was so precise, Mm -hmm. uh, but the words came alive because, uh, you know, he he knows the family so well, Mm -hmm. and he was able to just be an extension of them. And when he said, and and this was the first moment where it brought really a lot of tears in my eyes, and when he said, you know, uh, that the family was invited to be there for the celebration of and remembering RJ, mm-hmm. but they just couldn't do it. Right. It's too soon and mm-hmm. it's too painful. Um, and when I heard Razor deliver those words, it really got to me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I won't lie to you, but at the same time, you know, I looked around the building. I looked at the fans that were there, and I'm like, he's not far. Like, mm-hmm. RJ is around and will be around, you know, just in in the air, in the aura, in the building for many, many, many years. It's a good way to put it because that's what you are. You're, you're in the air. It's the sound waves. I mean, that's that's how your career begins. Like, all of a sudden, your voice is just... It's out there, and it will always be out there. And the best part of the family statement was the last words. We'll see you at the home opener. Yes. And that really got me. And It was a surprise. I I won't lie to you. It was a surprising uh, last words to say that. Mm -hmm. It it, it gave me so much hope for the family to be able to continue to move forward. And. Um, that was great. I, I mentioned I did a Jim Cerny is a former Rangers, yeah, yeah, um, I know. you know, reporter and he works for NHL.com. So I did a little interview with him about RJ yesterday. And all I kept saying is soundtrack mm-hmm. because, you know, without a good soundtrack or a good score, a movie is just, you know, people on screen and words. Right. Mm-hmm. But the score and the soundtrack give you that emotion. It, it brings you out of your chair and into the screen. RJ was that score and that soundtrack to the games. Like, if you put the games on mute, like, okay. But you put that soundtrack and that score onto it, and that's what RJ was. Virtually every text message that I have received from anyone that I talked to recently or haven't talked to in a long time, and that was the basically paraphrasing everybody's text, he was the soundtrack to my Mm -hmm. youth, the soundtrack to this period of my life, whatever. Yep. And... Yeah, it was uh, it was a really, really, really special day and a challenging one. But you know, as we've um, navigated through all this here, um, I, I think it just brings the alumni even closer. So I'm really looking forward to yeah. today and today's event. Uh, I feel like there's an incredible list, as there always is. But I just feel like you know we've lost Rene Robert. Uh, recently, um, just a couple of weeks ago, Gilbert Perrault's wife passed away. Mm-hmm. It was while grieving 
you know, the Perot family loss when most of the alumni found out about RJ. This has been a very, very, very challenging time involving some of the most high-profile names this organization has ever known. And I think what typically and or should happen at times like this is it pulls more people together. And I think that's what we're going to feel here today. So before, obviously, hearing and learning about RJ's passing, there was going to be about 60 alumni that were going to be here at the alumni golf event. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, to be honest with you, there was maybe a handful of more, more former players that came yep. in because yep. of the celebration of RJ and remembering RJ yesterday. But the fact that there was already 60 alumni that were coming back into town to take, it- play, to take part of the golf tournament, like, it doesn't happen everywhere. This is on the heels of what we believed was a record-setting number of alumni in attendance for the Wine and Beer Festival. Yes, it was. This year too. So this is what... This is all what I know, and I, sometimes people just say, enough with the culture, enough with the this, enough with the this. It this makes is, a difference. This is exactly what they're trying to do, but they're not asking. They're creating it so organically it feels like you want to be connected to this, and that's what happens with alumni because yes. they are everywhere. But then it hits them, right? And reality well, We have hits, a lot of so. local alumni, but yeah. it's the fact that it's the people that come from out of town now. Because yeah. the local group of alumni, we see them at the games all the time, and it's great. Like, we you know, know them well. We know their families well. But what I love is seeing everybody come in from out of town mm-hmm. for these events because they want to come back and celebrate the Sabres. They want to come back and see their friends and, you know, and talk to them. So um, that, to me is a big reason why the Sabres alumni is so strong. I've talked about, you know, the Flyers alumni. I'll get their newsletter, and I've been to their golf tournament, and, yeah, maybe you get 50, 60 alumni mm-hmm. going there. Um, but the Flyers have, have had a, a, a l- bit of a longer history, too, and there's there's a lot of players to pick from. Yeah, yeah for, couple for, years. a couple of years. A couple years. But they always celebrate, like, their Stanley Cups, yeah. right, and things like that. Yeah, so well, that was a, a long – Time ago, too, yeah, Marty. 75, so. 76, was it? Yeah. 74, 74 75. 74, 75. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's before my time. Yeah. Barely. <laughs> Barely. What's, what was your birthday again? 77. No, oh, yeah. You turned 46 recently. 46, yeah. yes. Okay. The one name that we didn't um, mention here before we uh, pause to bring in even more alumni into the discussion. How great was it? to sit next to Jim Lorenz. Oh. Like there I, I I it's amazing to me because the social media world was really not a thing during Jim's yeah. career in the booth. But I've noticed more and more and more over the years just how much people have missed him and I think there was just an incredible oh appreciation um I think just genuinely people were happy to see him because they just they missed him so much yeah. and they don't see him he's not you know out there publicly an awful lot and i think it was a really nice chance for people to reconnect i i asked him Lorenz, how many years did you do this with rj because it seemed to me like they were together forever mm-hmm. and he said well i did that for 27 years and and some of it was with ted darling and then with rj I'm like 27 years jimmy Lorenz. so there's a generation of Sabres fans that 
would listen and hang on to the analysis of Jim Lawrence to learn the game and to see what was really happening mm. in, in those games and how can they fix it? How can they get better? What's going on? Um, when I played here, I remember, you know, Lindy talks about doing video and turning the sound up with RJ to, mm -hmm. to hear what RJ had to say. Yeah, RJ was great. I used to listen to Jim Lawrence's analysis. Yeah. Like, if I made a save, as I said yesterday, <laughs> RJ would make a, a routine glove save look like I was, like, Ken Dryden in that, or Dominic Hasek. And then Jimmy Lawrence would break it down. Yeah. We'd say, well, you can see Marty's on his angle here. There's not a lot to shoot at, so <laughs> routine save. And I'm like, thank you for being honest. Uh, but he was he was definitely that that hockey coach that everybody yeah. had. Yeah. And funny enough, years later... My son Jacob was playing for East Aurora in like this select team, right? Like house select or whatnot. And we went to Fredonia for our hockey tournament. And in the hallway, there's Jimmy Lawrence and he was coaching the Hamburg Hawks, mm -hmm. like select, you know, house select or whatnot. And I'm like, but that's because he has a passion for the game. And it came through when he was working and it came through last night. His yes, passion for the Sabres, his passion for the game and his passion for being with RJ in the booth. Yeah, it was amazing. So, um, can't thank everyone enough uh, who was a part of it yesterday. And, obviously, we can't wait to have you in the building this year at KeyBank Center as we are getting ever closer to not only the Prospects Challenge at Lecom Harbor Center, but then the regular season beginning and the home opener on October 12th against the New York Rangers. So we remind you that we have three different 11-game plans. You can choose the one that suits you best. Weekend plan, weekday plan, all-star plan, which includes best opponents and matchups. So enjoy significant savings from box office pricing and priority for playoff tickets. Head to sabers.com now. We promised alumni being here on site today and have delivered with James Patrick. How are you? Two okay, days in great. a row. I'm yes. feeling like this is a good summer now. So. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a great summer for me whenever I can get back to Buffalo, uh, and and I mean it. When you know, I got back, uh, it, it, it was a sad situation to come back for uh, RJ's uh, memorial, but um, but to, to see him honored in the right way was fantastic. For me to come back to the the community around the city and and the suburbs, remind me that this is still one of the best places in the world to live. Um, I was fortunate to live here for 14 years. My kids went to school here. Um, the best suburbs, the best schools, the best community spirit, the best people. That's that's what I think of Buffalo, and it's uh, I love coming back. I'm I'm real happy to be here. You told a great story yesterday about being on the bus or on the plane with RJ, and that after a loss, maybe the the bus is quiet. You can hear a pin drop, and then all of a sudden, RJ would grab a beer, and you hear. Like opening up. Remember when the guys would do that, but they would make fake noise oh, so yeah. that you wouldn't hear the psh, like you'd be oh, psh, yeah. like See, so that Lindy wouldn't hear that. The guys were at the back of the bus, though. Like they had, uh, you know, Razor took care of uh, having two cases of beer at the back of the bus, yeah. um, and and the beers would get passed up to the players. Um, but I I do remember it was those. When you've been around the league long, long enough, you had a bad loss. You didn't say a pe like I. I can remember a, a rookie laughing, and you just went, "Oh my God! Like what is, 
What is he doing? Like, I got he, yelled he, by Stu Barnes one time because I was on my computer yes. and I was playing like Minesweeper or Tetris or something. We were yeah. doing the bus ride from Washington to Baltimore International Airport, 45-minute okay, yes, bus yes. ride, and it's quiet. We lost. And he came over goes, shut that thing off. And yeah, I was yeah. like, because there was a glow over my seat in a dark bus. But I was a stupid rookie. I admit I did that. But you're right. That's, like that is Somebody right, so. would laugh and you'd. Get yelled at. Yeah, and RJ RJ could open up his beer. though. he yeah, was fine. RJ had that uh, privilege. Yes, but, uh, I the grin on his face whenever I would look. Like we've seen <laughs> we've seen that look, and that's what I I will never forget. Uh, and and I did mean like Lindy. Um, no one likes to to lose, and um, it's worse yet when you do have those bad games where you're you humiliated a bit. Um, and it was scary to be on the coaching staff because. Um, uh, you know, Lindy, it carried. You know, his he has some presence, and uh, so those specific times with I do rem- the look on RJ's face, hearing the beer can open, and and uh, something I'll never forget. That's awesome. Well, you you may have cringed there when you know talking about a young player um, laughing in an inappropriate situation, but everybody is now thinking of the leadership you have bestowed on. These young players yep. that are in the Sabres organization, Peyton Krebs, Matt Savoy, Zach Benson. Um, why don't we start with Peyton, since he's the oldest in the group. But, uh, you know, your perspective on what you've seen and what is yet to come with these, with these young guys. Yeah, they've, um, I mean, it's, it, for me, I, honestly, it's been the funnest part of my um, coaching career. Been- Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Dave Lecochi's players at this level at this at this age um to have some of somewhat of an impact on them on on trying to help them get better um trying to you know we just you know came from uh, an alumni meeting and we were able to hear uh, you know don granado talk about values and and respect and and that you know that is just some of the things you try and teach young players how to you know respect their teammates respect people outside the rink um, compete, um, come every day, every day you come to the rink trying to get better. I mean, you know, we have our, uh, 
our our core values. But those those that part right there, the the work ethic and the respect are mean every the every everything to me as a coach. Um, to hear you know Donnie talk about the values that he grew up with, and when I think of these you know three players, um, they all have it. Um, Peyton was really important in my coaching career as a junior player because as a 16 year old kid he was extremely driven um, would do anything to get better um, was one of those kids who was a you know great player at 10 11 12 13 uh, he probably held on to the puck way too much because he wanted to do it all himself and that was probably my challenge as a coach with him to, to use his teammates more to um, you know to give and go and 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 I mean, yes, he was. He became our leader. He became our our alpha male. He drove the bus on our team. You know, by the time he was seventeen, eighteen years old. But he pushed everyone else to get better, and and it helped develop our culture. And then you know, uh, you know, when Peyton was uh, eighteen, Matt Savoy came in as, as a as a young player. And you know, I think uh, Matt Matt and and then you know Zach Zach actually roomed as a fifteen year old with Peyton. Um, we put them together. Uh, we played out of a bubble. That was the year of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, all three of them have some similar characteristics. They're all different players. Um, you know, I think in the NHL, I think Peyton is getting his his feet under him. He's he's established himself as an NHL player. He still has dreams and, and wants to be a top six forward. And I don't know if that'll happen because the NHL puts you in your place. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all... I mean, I, I tell the story to my young players that Guy Carboneau was the, the best player in the Quebec Junior League. He won the scoring race by a mile, and yet when he got to the NHL, he had to find a way to – he played in the minors, then he got to the NHL. Yep. He became the best defensive forward because that's where the NHL put, put him in his place, and, mm-hmm. and that's how he had to succeed. So I, I know Peyton is driven, and he's competitive, and he'll do anything to, to help the team win. Uh, you know, I think he's got to become a, a a good penalty killer. A good, I think he's got great energy. He, you know, he count, he brings energy every day, and he might he's not going to be a top six forward. He might not, but there's still a a, a leadership role, a, a work ethic role that he can influence the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other two guys, um, you know, their their story is still to be told a little bit. Um, I will say this: Zach Benson was the best player I've ever coached. Um, at, at, at a young, at, you know, in the junior level. Mm-hmm. He is, um, uh, you know, I, I thought he would get drafted higher, and I think it was a, a dilemma for the Sabres. They've already got, you know, two former Winnipeg Ice players, and uh, they've got a lot of skill. You know, Zach Benson could have been drafted seventh or eighth or ninth, and, and he kept falling in the draft, and he, he does so many good things, um, driven, but he makes plays. At the end of the day, when at whatever level you play at, it's who drives the team and who makes plays. Yeah, you you we scoring chances are really it, the analytics of the game and the and the, how they break it down. It still comes down to scoring chances. Who who creates the most or who you know who if someone has given up a lot of scoring chances on your team, his ice time is going to go yeah. down eventually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Zach Benson. He led my team by a mile in scoring chances. And when we would change the line, whoever played with him got rewarded. And we had a really good team this year. We had, we had you know, I would say probably six to seven guys who were top-end junior players. Yet 95% of my games, Zach would lead the team in scoring chances for. He would, 
he would be in he'd get three or four and he'd set up five he he would get eight nine ten twelve scoring chances we'd have twenty five chances as a team and he would be in on twelve of them and at, he makes plays yeah and he's got he's got tremendous work ethic but he's got great vision let me ask you this uh, we're gonna have to go to a break soon but um, Matt Savoy can he play in the NHL this year I know because for him it's NHL or juniors yeah. and he may be you know, too experienced and has done the junior thing, but could he be in the NHL this year? But he's also got a carrot out in front of him right yes, now, and because that is an opening. Yes. With Jack Quinn's injury. Quinn. I agree. I agree. Um, he, it, it, for me, it's almost 50-50. He does have to take the next step um, okay. in junior. Like, he was a, a great player. He was one of the best players in the league. If he would have played the whole, you know, all the games, he would could have won the scoring. Um he could. He should have won the playoff scoring. The, I mean, God, did he get breakaways every game? And and in in the finals, he he played really well. Just didn't score enough, or couldn't score. Their goalie played really well. I just think he's got. He's going to have to find a way to get inside more. He's he he's he's developed into a two way player. He does have some grittiness to his game. He's going to bring that. Have to bring that to another level. Okay. Enjoy the okay. event today. Thank it's you. It's so Brian. great to see you again, and thank you for sharing those memories last night. I hope it felt uh, just yeah. incredible to be around so many alum. It, it was special to be part of it. Yeah, it's great to see yeah. you. Great to see you. Love hearing the passion right. for this uh, city and this organization. We'll have more. Guy's still in better shape than half uh, the players on the team. I'm not going to tell you how old he is because you're not going to believe me yeah. if I told you how old he is. Yeah, let's keep that a secret. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're back after this on Sabres Live. With more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Welcome back to Sabres Live. We are at Niagara Falls Country Club for the Sabres alumni event. And you know how much we love our birthdays here on Sabres Live. So we put the man in the middle, Pierre Turgeon. <laughs> thank you. Thank Happy you guys. birthday, thank Pierre. Fun fight. Fun fight. Merci beaucoup. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Crazy. my goodness. It is. This is really fortunate for us to be able to reconnect uh, a couple of times this year yes, and um, things have changed there's been a little announcement in your life crazy, as far as yeah. uh, rep you know your career yeah. what you accomplished yeah. and now that uh, yeah. next stage which is the hall of fame yeah it's amazing i mean obviously it's a, it's just when you look at names it's it is just to be a privilege to be a part of all these names and and uh, so when i had a chance to play uh, play golf with uh, Pat Lafontaine uh, about two weeks ago when we were chatting about this. We had a great time. Good person. Love the man. Um, and uh, so it is. It is. And then it gives you a chance to be, you know, that having that platform to uh, to thank uh, to a lot of people that yeah. what helps you you know help your career to get there and uh, and so I'm looking forward to that. So and my awesome. my phone's ringing right now. <laughs> uh, you told me a story yesterday about how you got about five phone calls before you answered. That is funny. And then it was Lenny McDonald and, and yeah. maybe I'm getting a call from Lenny McDonald right now. Funny. I don't think it is, but how did that happen? So, like you were in Vegas and yep, your phone yeah, kept ringing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm in Vegas. I'm working out. Uh, I get one phone call, and I'm saying it's from Toronto. So I said, you know, I'll wait and return the call. I don't know who's calling. And, and a lot of times during that time, I get, you know, calls from Toronto just because maybe the media is saying, well, what do you think? Is it going to happen or not? Or so, And then I get a second call. Uh, and then I'm walking to the elevator. I get another call. And get the elevator. I get another call, and I'm thinking, uh, if I get another call, I better answer this one. So I get a fifth call 
when I'm actually in my bedroom and uh, in a hotel room. And uh, and uh, when I answer the phone, he goes, it's Lanny McDonald. I'm thinking I'm in the back. They're probably seeing I'm doing and I'm going like this. <laughs> I'm celebrating. Just the name, the Lanny McDonald on the phone. I'm like, I'm just going uh, crazy. So uh, that's how I actually uh, got the phone going. That's how I learned. Uh, I was that's crazy. Yeah. Loved it. Buffalo, the Islanders, the Blues, the Canadians, yeah. the Stars, the Avalanche. Yeah. How do you, I mean, I don't want to steal your speech from uh, this upcoming <laughs> yeah. November, but like. How do you describe the incredible journey that you had over yeah, 19 yeah. seasons? Yeah, great question. I mean, after I learned this and then I went and, uh, and I was in a hotel room and I'm for an hour and then you rewind your 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 life and you rewind when you were young and all of a sudden things you that and the people you met through that journey and the people you played with, the, the coaching staff and, and you know, there's it's 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 you make it look like, you know, there's a lot of people that. I'm gonna have a, a place where I could, I will be able to, to thank a lot of people and a nice platform to be on to just to, to 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 say this. But you rewind your life and you're looking back, the things, the struggle, the things that got you there, and uh, and it's obviously definitely a great journey. But I'm looking forward just to, you know, to to thank a lot of people that uh, helped me to get there. So Who was obviously. one of the first teammate? to kind of take you under their wing. Like I look around the yeah. room of alumni today and I think of Rob Ray was one of those guys. James Patrick, we just sure. had him on the show, was one of those guys that yeah. I looked up to. Yeah. Who was maybe the first one when you came to Buffalo at a young age that looked yeah. at you and, and took you under his wing? Well, you know what? Jacques Cloutier yeah. uh, was the goaltending here, which has helped me a ton. H him and his family, Lynn and, and the kids. And I used to live with a Billet family my first year. Yeah. And I he, he was living right across the street. Street. Okay. So every time, you no, know, for two years I can say hi, how you doing? I mean, I was barely could speak English. So it was, yeah, there was a struggle the first couple of years, and uh, I wanted to eat something. So I called Jacques and said, and said, "How do you say I'm hungry? You know, just, you, just, you, you know, it's just basic stuff, you know." Yeah. So Jacques goes, "This is how you do it," and then, so he helped me a lot okay. when I got here to uh, to go to the next level and practice. So you get in practice, you know. We had Ted Sater explaining drills. You're like. I don't know what I'm doing. I'll go behind the line, and hopefully when I get in front, I'll, I'll know exactly what's going on, and I'll be able to do the drills. But, you know, it, it was an adjustment. So the first couple of years were uh, not only ho hockey was good, but it was challenging, but the outside the, of, of hockey, the language was a, it was a barrier for me for a little bit. But uh, it was easy to get in just because... How did you learn English from Jacques Cloutier? I mean, <laughs> guy can't speak English that's anyway, funny. so... <laughs> that, that's funny. Well, he's good now. But he's yeah, good yeah, now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it made it easier. I mean, we had so much, you know, uh, Clark Gillies, we heard, Mark yeah. Napier, you know, yeah. Mark Napier, Lindy Ruff, Mike Ramsey. I mean, you're talking guys like uh, Enerchuk, uh, John Tucker... All these guys made it easy for me just to blend in and and, and playing with a guy like you know uh, Dave Anderchuk. Wow, you know he you, know, you keep giving that puck and he wasn't a great, you know great skater fast, but everything you got when he got that around that net, he, the puck was in the net. So yeah. you know, so it really the adjustment was uh, easier just because of having great people, great teammates, and uh, and uh, I just love playing and and with a bunch of older guys too. And and the other story is uh, I always say it, but. Uh, Clark Gillies. I mean, I'm I'm 18 years old. I'm kind of I can't speak English. He's beside me. He's got the huge beard, and I know who he is. I'm like I'm looking at him like, 
you're scaring me, even if you're my teammates. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. You know, this guy was just, you knew. Yeah. You know, his, it's hard gullies. You know, yeah. he wasn't yeah. fighting as much, you know, but he was a tough guy and he was a great hockey player, great person, obviously. And I had a chance to get to know him a lot with the Anders when I was around the Anders. <laughs> and obviously it's sad that he passed away, but uh, a lot of respect. Yeah, gone far too soon. Yeah. Um, um, when, who were your favorite players as a kid? Uh, you know... Mike Bossy was one of them, obviously, and I love, uh, you know, Gila Fleur and all this. I mean, that's, those are, were the guys. But the guy that had the probably most influence in my career was my brother, Silvay. Yeah. Silvay's life. Yeah. Obviously, four and a half years older, you know, and, uh, and looking up to him all the time and see what he achieved. And uh, for many years, I didn't realize that I, I wanted to play hockey for a living. I just wanted to play hockey. You know, and uh, and all of a sudden, it's I know it's material, I know it's smaller things, but all of a sudden, my brother comes back after one year. He comes back with a a Porsche 944. I'm like, okay, you play <laughs> hockey, and you could get that. <laughs> I didn't get. I didn't. I know it's material, yeah. but as a young kid, I'm looking. I want to have that too. Yeah. You know, I mean, that challenged me, and he was the influence of, as a brother. What he did too, and uh, but that was a, a click, a moment in my life when I was probably. I would say 13, 14. I said, wow, okay, yeah. that could happen. So was he in... And I bought a 944 red when I my first year. <laughs> you bought the my, same car. The, red, the white, different color. He had red, I had white. So oh, I, had, I had it for a year, a year and a half, but it was something, you know, that well, Marty was me. telling his sports I, yeah, car story. Yeah. I bought like, a Porsche right? 911 too, yeah. my first big contract. Okay. And I, I walked into the dealership and I said, I would like that car. And the guy says, okay, this is the price. And I didn't even negotiate. I said, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Sticker price, like very funny. stupid. But, um, so Sylvain, was he in Hartford at yeah, the beginning? Yeah. He was at, yeah. He had the big Jofa like round That's helmet. Right, yes, I, I remember him in, that, yes, in, in those days. Yeah. I remember watching yeah. him. Yeah. So um, that's good that you had that. You yeah. know, a lot of mentors, a lot of people, but having a brother to pave the way 100%. is very, very 100%. important. And you know what? There's a lot of people through your career that you meet that you played with, and they make a difference in your in your and help you to get to be a better player. And uh, in coaching staff, I mean, Al Arbor is to to me the best coach I had with you know Quinville, but. Uh, but he was the one that actually structure your, he helped me mentally, helped me off the ice, on ice. He was like a dad to us, yeah. really. And he was just an incredible person. So he had a huge impact in my career. And uh, when things didn't go as well, he was able to define. And he brought you in and said, listen, you know, I don't really mind if you score, assist, or whatever you do. And he goes, what I do, you know, he says, I want to I want to help the team to do it. So, but he goes, I want you to focus on small areas of the game, winning the battles on the board, drive the net, stop in front, you know, and you come out with that behind the net, you come out with that, you create. So it, at the end of the day, the small areas of the game creates scoring chance, you know, and that's the game. It's the battles on the boards. It's little things. So, yeah. But, you know, I was, I think when I was here, I depended a lot on my skill. I think it got me a better player. It made me a better player just because it was, the, you know, not about the skill, not only about the skill, but more about the small areas of the games that made yeah. me a better player. Did you have any but, memories of Gilbert Perrault when you were growing up? Uh, I seen him, you know, him yeah. there, but for sure. I mean, obviously, the way he was skating, he was gliding on that ice. Yeah. He was just, he created so much with his speed. And yeah. and uh, and now I got to know him, and he's an incredible person, obviously. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I watch him. Uh, not as much I would love to, but right. uh, but yeah, it was it was impressive. Just the way every time he had that puck 
and and the way he was moving on the ice was incredible. Yeah, well, there are many reasons to bring it up, obviously, but you were the first two to yeah. be first overall yeah. picks as yeah. Buffalo Sabres, and it will forever be my favorite statistical note that the first two first overall picks in Sabres history finished their careers one point apart. You ended oh, up with you ended this. up with one more point than Gilbert. Oh, yes, and yes. I'm just like I'm like <laughs> if you're gonna make a next time. if you're gonna make a first overall pick, there's there's there is nothing wrong with that how both those funny. careers turned out. It's crazy. It just yeah. jumped up when I when you were I all said and done. I looked at. I mean, I've memorized just about everything, Gilbert over the years, yeah, right? And it just stood out. And you were at thirteen twenty seven. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So the pressure is on Rasmus Dahlin. And as, Owen Power. As a, as a defenseman and Owen Power yeah. as a defenseman to see if they can somehow get to this lofty status. Yeah, but um, I also stat. I was also curious because you never really got a chance to take part in too many of them. Would you have loved playing in the shootout era? Would you have liked being, you know, the go-to guy in a shootout? Yeah. You got a little taste of it. I got, but, yeah. You're right. I got a little taste of it for yeah. sure. So I love that pressure. Yeah. I loved it. Even if I missed, I said, it's okay. Next time. I just love oh, the hand. And a lot of guys don't. I mean, they, they're afraid of going. They don't. They're afraid yeah. of making a mistake. No. I mean, I, every time I, I wanted to be the one. I just want to. I mean, maybe I missed out. You know, I mean, sometimes you miss. Sometimes you have it. But yeah. I just always want to. And I always said in my mind, I said, this is the learning curve with, you know, uh, having Alarbor or or the mental aspect. You know, you come from in front of a goalie. To me, I shoot left, top, under the bar. I'm 100% shooting there. It's going in. I might miss it. But my mindset is that I'm going to score. I want to score. I want to shoot. I don't want to shoot to shoot. I want to shoot to score. Like I want to shoot to score. So the mental part to me was a big thing with Al, just when you learn these things, is to really feel good. So the shootout was a big thing. I wanted to have that challenge. I might have missed, but you know what? I want to have it again. I wanted that. Let's do it again. You know, you know what's so, funny about Pierre and and the great ones is they're so competitive that you were competitive in practice in the games and you're still competitive in playing alumni games now like you don't want to lose you want to score goals you want to be the best on the ice like I know I've been on the ice with you a couple of times you don't like to not be on the winning team. So winning team, you know, I like to have fun. You know, I, and I always and I always say, especially now, I mean, you lose, eh, you know, I mean, you win. Okay, it's fun. You know, you just yeah. want to go out there and have fun. Uh, but somehow when I was young or when I played or even now, I get twice on the ice. I go, you know, a week, I go on the ice and I get in my own little bubble. You know, and there's nothing for an hour and a half. It's like therapy. You know, it, it's like mm-hmm. therapy yeah. to me. It's yeah. just you get in that zone, that place. You just not, nothing matters. Is where's the thing? Where's the bike? Where's the where's the puck? Where is I want it? You know, yeah. what I mean? so it's there. You get in that little bubble for an hour and a half. It's just a nice place to be. You know, and I still today I feel the same way. Then when I was young, when I played in the NHL, I I just love the game. You know, it's a great game yeah. to be a part of. It's crazy. You can't make that up. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. There, and you know, and and to each their own. But there are many who, when the career is over, they don't want to put the skates yeah. on yeah. ever again. Oh they God. don't want to see the equipment yeah. bag. They don't probably want to smell what the rink used to smell like to them. <laughs> and that's understandable. Yeah. But my gosh, is it ever in your heart? No, no, like, no, no, no. Yeah. It's, it's in there. It's yeah. in there even now. Until I can't play, I'll stop. Yeah. But you know what? I'm doing it. Yeah. Well, we got you the know. best uh, conditioned alumni on the set today with oh. James Patrick and you. You guys <laughs> look James, like yeah. you can yeah. still yeah. play. You guys feel, can... feel bad for our groups that we're going out to hit them with. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh well, funny. happy birthday! All right, thanks for and again, me, congratulations. Always a pleasure. Thank yeah. you guys. Thank we will you, thank uh, you. wrap up Sabers Live right after this. We're back with more of Sabers Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Remembering RJ, the man behind the mic. We did that yesterday at KeyBank Center, but we are continuing to do this in a two-week window that launched on Friday here on MSG with RJ Classics. And we're rewinding to 2006 and that unforgettable series against the Philadelphia Flyers with a couple of thundering moments within it. Well, we thought we were going to play the New York Rangers, so we were not happy to play the Philadelphia Flyers because the Flyers had a tough team, had a really good team. In game one, obviously, Danny Briere, double OT, that set the tone for our confidence. Brian Campbell hit on RJ Umberger, and when we talk about remembering RJ and his anticipation for Mm. the plays and his tone... You could sense and feel that something was going to happen three seconds before. He saw it, the play. He knew that that something big was going to happen, and then Brian Campbell hits R.J. Umberger in overtime, right? And it was just one of those moments where the the fan base exploded, Briere scores, and double OT. Um, That's a great classic. And then the clinching game, which was interesting because we flew back to Buffalo after that on a broken plane. Uh And that uh, Tom Galsano, the owner at the time, was like, no, we're not flying that plane anymore. (laughs) So we got a nice Air Canada private jet uh, for the rest of the playoffs when going to Ottawa and Carolina. Oh, great memories. And that uh, clincher against Philadelphia was a rout. So sit back and enjoy as the goals kept on coming for Buffalo in a six-game series win over the Flyers. We are winding down from Niagara Falls Country Club. And I'd be, you know, really interested to know from your perspective as an alum, what other alums you look forward to mingling with throughout the day or afterwards here tonight. And, of course... (laughs) the importance of the alumni coming together here for this annual event. Well, the importance of today's event with the Sabres Alumni Golf Tournament is to fund our scholarships. And over the history of the scholarship fund with the alumni, uh, we've given out about 160 to 170 scholarships and close to a million dollars in scholarship. I think Razor said it was about 980000 that has been given out. Um, so that's incredible. If you are a graduating high school student this year and you want to look into the scholarship, go to the alumni page um, and you'll get all the information there. But some of the guys, and Jeremy Ian was great this morning. He said, how do we continue to keep growing as an alumni? Uh, what about the young guys? There's so many younger guys now that are into it. Tim Conley is here. Clark MacArthur. I haven't seen Grizz in forever. He's here. Uh, you know, uh, Tim Kennedy, Nathan Page. They're all guys that stuck around the game. But the young alumni are what is making this go forward. So it's great to see a lot of young guys back. But, I mean, Larry Carrier was great this morning uh, talking. Uh, Dwayne Rollison is here. I love the goalies. Tom Draper, Phil Mir, we're at my table. So a lot of goalies here. It's been great. You better reconnect with Jacques Cloutier after what you said about well, him. He, he actually, he was supposed to be here, and I haven't seen him this morning, so okay. I'm going to look around for him. I don't okay. know if he made it, but Jacques, yeah, I'm going to have to speak speak French to him, not English. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it really is an impressive list. I, I, I know you know this, but I never take for granted these moments sitting next oh. to you on this show, but also you know being a part of days like this um and it also really hit home yesterday just um just 
truly understanding why Rip was so revered yeah. from a player's perspective. It's just, it's hard to find people that care that much and to think of how many of you he cared for well, think over of the years, right? The, the players well, in our group yeah. was Rip and Pizza. That's who we went to back in the days, and mm -hmm. that's who we keep going to. Yeah, and uh, we're grateful for all the alumni who are here today and for your ongoing support of them and their best efforts in the community. We'll see you tomorrow on Sabres Live. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.